0: One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor, and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Good morning, we're live. It's go time. It's go oh that's a good one. <laughs> I'm just I really. like it. I like the old one, man. <laughs> I like the enthusiasm that you used on that. It's go time. <laughs> just thought change it up a little, yeah. you know. No, it's <laughs> supposed to go like that. Just just I don't know. Snap and point. Snap and point. It's good. I can't snap like that was a good snap that you just I did. I can't either. My dad my dad had the loudest snap of anybody i've ever heard and if you heard the snap you knew just to stop and figure out if it was meant for you or somebody else because if it was meant for you it was bad yeah it was one of those like when you heard the snaps like oh dad's and you know he's not happy about something (laughs) yeah but you could hear it anywhere you were you know in the house you were you heard that you know i can't do it but when you were in school
1: did you used to do the stupid (laughs) finger snap
0: (laughs) oh yeah yeah
1: no, because <laughs> you used, used to have competitions to see you could do that the loudest. My brother, my brother is stinking loud with those I right forgot now. all about that. I couldn't do it. My brother was so loud. I thought he was cool just because he could do that. Yeah, well, all right. I I still do it. It, it looks, um, yeah, it doesn't look cool. Yeah, yeah,
2: never did. Yeah, but. No, we did that. <coughs> we also had lo- Loogie contact. Oh, did whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so, goes so we yeah. did. We did. Gleek. <laughs> we did. Grover and <laughs> You know, we did gleeking. Yeah, like see how long you can hang it from your mouth. Before okay, no, it broke off. No, like if you get one down to <laughs> on the ground.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tune out. There's more to. There than we remember. did gleeking. <laughs> I remember gleeking. You know, like how
1: yeah.
2: far you could shoot it.
1: So gleek is when yeah. you like you squirt right yeah. from underneath your tongue like a like right. a little lizard or something. So we would have like now and later's. We would just sit around and get like these now and later's and juice up our mouths and then have
0: these gleeking contests. I cannot gleak. Nice. I couldn't do it. I, sometimes I do it unintentionally, like when I'm just standing there talking yeah. to somebody. All of a sudden, you know. But I can never. I could never do it on purpose. Again, yeah. I was bad. Like everyone yeah.
1: else was better than me. But I could gleek a little bit. Yeah. Huh. But it would always go like sideways. Like it was out of control. <laughs> I'd like gleek and it like shoot over. I here always wanted to eggs. be able to do it, and I, I
0: couldn't. Yeah. Couldn't spit through my teeth. My teeth, so you could like do yeah. that between your front teeth. That. Well, you, know, where you, you could can shoot smack it. your
1: yeah. finger though, Brent.
0: But I can smack my finger. That's not nothing. I, mean. I also wanted to be that. Like, there was guys that could do the water droplet thing. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, I almost did it. Yeah, that was pretty that good. That pretty good, yeah. And I could never do that, and I always wanted to. So,
1: Could you blow a smoke ring?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Me too. Could you blow a ring through a ring? Yeah, I've done that oh. before too. Yeah, that stuff just above my pay grade. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hey. Um, <laughs> We're off to a good start today. <laughs> How about them um,
1: Chiefs? Yeah. Did you guys watch the Super Bowl? <laughs>
0: You guys uh, did watch sort the of, Super Bowl. Sort of. Okay. It, it was, was on and we were in the room. There was a lot of noise <laughs> and chaos going on in the house. And uh, we, we, fortunately, the TV's big enough to where we just kind of stood back in the kitchen away from everything and you could see it and still kind of figure out what was going yeah, on. And we so, grazed. Yeah. we Mostly close to the food. That, yeah. was, that was really why. Me yeah. and my
1: wife went for a bike ride. Wow. Because we're spiritual. Huh. <laughs> so, no. Good. Neither of us care about it. So it was 50 and sunny. So we pulled our bikes out. Which was pretty rad. It was
0: mostly uh, all the kids were home, and uh, we had a lot of food. And no, it was the last great. time the that's kids were going to be do. together before Jordan yeah. took off to Texas this morning, actually. So she's moved, oh, uh, wow. moving on her way there right now. and so, okay. so it'll be a while before we all get back together again. So it was just an excuse to get together, eat some food, and, and hang so, out. So did you guys happen to catch
1: the advertisements, two of them, for He Gets Us?
0: I didn't see them on, well, I did, I, they were going, but I couldn't hear them okay. that yeah. day. Um, so I went back and watched a couple of them. Um, I can't remember which ones I watched. I watched several of them on their website. Well, I think, well there's only two during the Super Bowl, Yeah, there's been a bunch
1: of them that have been airing yeah. Yeah. in different places for a long time. Right. But they made two specific ones for yeah. the Super Bowl. I don't know which ones
0: were on the Super Bowl, but okay. I watched several just from their okay. website. So I think I probably saw what was aired. Okay. Um,
1: yeah, there's a lo- there's a lot of people up in arms, both non-believers, of course. Um, but also believers too. So
0: you yeah. mean Christians are upset about something? It's kind of funny. Wow, it's, it's, it's yeah. We can <laughs> we can
1: find any reason to get you know we get mad because it's not a Jesus enough world, and then someone puts it on a you know on a large scale at a, at a Super Bowl, and someone gets mad. I so, did hear yeah. people
0: complain about the amount of money
1: seven was spent million dollar average. Yeah. For a Super Bowl slot for 30 seconds. Yeah. And one of them, I think, was a 45 second slot. Somebody so. said it was
0: like 20 million um. spent on, yeah. on yeah. this. Yeah. So player. that was one of the big complaints, what, what, right? Yeah. What it's could like, they
1: have done? Jesus just, says to go feed the poor. I wonder how much 20 million dollars could have fed. Yeah.
0: You know, it's like stuff like that, you know? <laughs> That's such <laughs> so a hard one because it's, it's, it's like one. you've also got the opportunity to. Maybe pique somebody's interest about Maybe. Jesus and right. what's that worth? So um, I even heard people
2: talking about, oh, it's time to start taxing the church. If they got that yeah, I, mean, but I don't even I don't even know who was behind those ads. So I don't. I don't know well, that's the other part a of the church or controversy. A group of churches that was behind. Is it. there some connections
1: to this this organization that put those out? There's some connections to weird places. Well, it's you know, it's, l- it's
0: largely people don't know who else funding it. It's different groups, but the one group that came out and said we're helping with this is Hobby Lobby. And so then everybody tried to jump gotcha. on and say, oh, this is a, this, these are hate groups that are right. involved in this because, you know, Hobby Lobby, blah, blah, blah. And it was, that was the, you know, it's always, no matter what you do, somebody's going to be upset in this right. day and age and there's not much you can do about it. But I actually thought for what it's worth, they were well done. Um, yeah. you know, it, it seemed like, you know, it wasn't a lot of times when Christian puts thing, Christians put thing out, it's a little bit on the cheesy side or right. a little bit on the, you know, I wish they wouldn't have done that side. And I think the subtlety and, of it's nice. <clears throat> yeah. I think anytime time we talk too much, um, we make fools out of
1: ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, anyway, uh, it was very minimalistic yeah. but done well. So there was, there was kind of a, a little bit of a, a power punch with very little being said. Right? Yeah. And um, so it was kind of tasteful that way. But, you know, there were people that complained about, okay, you know, why, like, make the gospel clear if you're going to do something like that, and you know, instead of just make Jesus a rad guy.
0: You know. It wasn't my favorite commercial that I saw. Okay. It was <laughs> what was good? your favorite I'm commercial not, that you saw? I was it a beer idea. commercial? It was Breaking Bad. Okay. Yeah. the popcorn, the, the popcorners one. Aren't you a Christian? Yes. Then <laughs> like the Jesus one. <laughs> I like that one. It was good. <laughs> but if I'm being honest, uh, yeah, seeing Walter, <laughs> I, I, I didn't see it. You got to watch it at some I point. See yeah, it. yeah, seeing Walter White, Jesse, and Tuco reunite was yeah. it was Are pretty. Are you serious? yeah, I got to see it. Yeah, got to watch it. Yep. Tuco, yeah, they're making popcorners, blue pop, you know, the blue bag popcorners, and they're tight. Yeah, (laughs) I can't believe they brought Tuco. They did, they did. 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 That makes me happy. Yeah, well, and
2: and I also saw there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming out and. (laughs) Yeah, they, they, they need a, to redeem the last one. So hopefully, this one uh, is going to be good. Chad, they can't redeem the last one. <laughs> is he in a walker? <laughs> he's in a walker. Yeah. <laughs> he's got,
0: <laughs> he's he's got an electric o- wheel he's got wheelchair. Out, out oxygen strapped to his back. <laughs>
2: Maybe so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> out running a boulder in an electric wheelchair. It's going to be. It's going to be epic. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's awesome. I hate snakes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. What are we doing? Who's doing yeah. this? What's uh, going on?
2: We're talking about church
0: strategy.
1: That's day. a George W. Bush <laughs> Jr. <junior.
0: laughs> you said that like we were in a spelling bee. The word is strategery. Well,
2: I, know there's, I, don't, strategery. Know, I don't know if W. actually said strategery w. or if it was a Saturday Night Live because I know I they think made fun he, of him. Think I think but he, he, he might have <laughs> said it. He might have said it. I think he said several
1: words along those lines. <laughs> he might have. Which is what made him so rad. Yeah. yeah. So strategery.
0: What, so, do we, what, what do we mean by that? I was going to ask you. I'm oh, the one asking okay. the questions oh, today. Well, what fair do, what do we mean by strategy, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking the questions here. Well, this kind of kind of plays off of some of what we talked about last week um, as far as, you know, how we try to win people or get people peaked or excited about coming to your church. And so different models or strategies are implemented to try to kind of woo people in or attract people or, um, you know, that type of thing. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. That's all I got yeah. on that. <laughs> <There you laughs> well, go. I, well,
2: I made a list of some of the, the common strategeries out there uh, for churches, and this isn't necessarily an exhaustive list. And maybe you guys have some things to add to it. But I just was you know, starting to think. So, probably the most common thing that people might be familiar with is, is a seeker friendly church. What, what, do, what do they mean by that when someone when a church calls themselves seeker friendly?
0: Um, that to me would be the attractional model. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so basically, the idea is that you are trying to think about how we can bring people in from, you know, that, that maybe wouldn't normally come to church by providing a really cool experience, really cool music, really cool programs. Almost, you know, what would what would attract a non-believer into our church? And so that's the the idea of the seeker-sensitive, which which is not in and of itself a bad thing, mm-hmm. um, but the way that it kind of plays itself out becomes a problem, which we'll probably get into. Sure. Well, I thought as we go through this, maybe we could talk about some of the pros and
2: cons of kind of these different models. So what would you say are some of the pros of maybe being a seeker-friendly church? Well, hopefully, if you're preaching the
1: gospel, they're going to hear it every time they walk in. Someone's going to hear the gospel every time they walk in. That's never a loss. That's always a problem. Sure. So, so, um, you know, having an open-door policy (laughs) where people feel welcome into hearing the gospel is kind of important. But maybe maybe a con of that model is that
2: that doesn't always happen. If like that's kind of where the compromise can. The caveat
1: is that it's a gospel proclaiming church every week, right? Yes, and and a lot of churches aren't. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and assume this is good
0: if it's a gospel right. Well, and I would say the problem absolutely is that that's not what happens because the minute you start to talk about sin, no, no, I'm saying don't come come (laughs) against me. I'm not coming against you. I'm (laughs) coming (laughs) against the attractional model. Uh, when you talk about sin or when you talk about, uh, the, the, the hard things that are in scripture or something that might offend, or, you know, you risk the, the possibility of turning one of those people away. And if the whole goal is to to just fill the church with, you know, as many non-believers as you can, you can't talk about that kind of stuff. You can't say anything that would offend. And that's the problem with that model. Um, yeah, if you're not a gospel-centered church,
1: there's like numerous problems. Right, right. them is why the other it. one is even just pre. If you're if you're non-gospel, um, and then you're probably moralistic. Even if you if you're not right. soft or liberal, yeah, with the word of God and what you're talking about, you're going to be moralistic. So you're going to be teaching people an, a false gospel, <laughs> like right. Something
2: that can't save them, right? Sure. <laughs> Which is what a lot of churches are doing too. So well, yeah. the focus can become in those kinds of churches, you know, five ways to be a better dad or a husband or, that's exactly you know, whatever yeah. the, the, the primary focus can be you know more what you do for christ rather yeah. than what he's done for you
0: or just just go be a good person right yeah that's where you right. see a lot of the, the churches that do topical series they're not getting into all the word of god they're just they're picking right. and choosing what they talk about and it's very practical it's meeting a felt need um people walk out feeling like you know they've heard a good moralistic kind of a you know do right. good sermon about you know kind of almost motivational speaker this is This fills churches. Sure. Um, You know, and it's also extremely consumer driven. You're always thinking about what's going to be. And we talked about this last week. That's part of the reason that we struggle with, you know, what do we do to win people? What do we do to get people to come in? Right. You can become so consumer minded that you really lose sight of why we're really at church and who it's for and and what it's really about. And that's, I think, one of the other downsides. But the positive sides is they tend to be more casual, more welcoming. Uh, more accessible to people. Sure. You know, there's a lot of things, I think, about that model that we actually employ, but not, you know, part and parcel of the whole thing. So, right. Yeah. What about uh, liturgical? Well,
2: what's what's a mm-hmm. liturgical church? Did you, big say, word. did you say turd? I, I did not say turd. That's not <laughs> in no. there. <laughs> <laughs> turd. Oh, You, you turd. gave me a hard time for about Louis a minute ago, and you just threw turd. out turd? What Dude. <laughs> So Go if, ahead, there's, Brent. if there's an attractional <laughs> model, I would say there's a
0: doxological model, Ooh. and it's, this is what I that knew would, he was waiting to get I that know, word yeah, out. It's a good word. <laughs> that's good. It? So I would say that's more that what this is, and it's almost the like uh, you've seen this this almost swing of seeker friendly, almost had a. I don't know, it had its run, and then people kind of got tired of it, and then they swung back over further to the other direction, which I think is more the liturgical yeah. idea, which is more high church. It's really about um, the worship of God, and not it's not man-centered. It's yeah. God-centered, and, and that's a good thing. Um, it, it gets kind of that part more correct, I would say. And, um, but it, it's, it runs the risk of being cold, <clears throat> loveless. Well, and locked you know, down even. Lockdown so sometimes insular. you're not,
1: you're not, you're not even in a position, you're not positioned in in your mind or in whatever it is you're doing, the liturgy, um, for who might come in and what those needs might be. And I'm not saying like you, you would cast off what the church does because of right. that, but th- there is a sensitivity. I think if, if you have open doors, <laughs> like, you know, um, to, you know, who's coming in and, and what's going on, um. And how you do things. So, and it's not, it's not quite the same thing, but like Paul, you know, talks a little bit about that to the Corinthian church. Like they they were locked into doing certain things. They elevated, you know, and and they weren't super helpful, but they, they were so locked into it that they weren't paying any attention to the fact that it wasn't helpful. (laughs) And, and so I I think a liturgical church can be so locked down that they're just not, um, not as sensitive as they could be to what God might be doing outside of their little rituals. What kind of so,
2: things, like, what would you see in a liturgical church service? What would that look like?
0: Hmm. I mean, I think, you know, some of, like, the doxology is sung at many liturgical churches every week. Can, uh, candles. Candles. You might Rope, see. ropes. You might see. Vestiges. W- we actually do um, an invocation when we start the service, and uh, and— What's, the, what's it called when we end the service? Convocation. Convocation. Yeah. We don't call it that, but the same kind of thing where you, you know, yeah. it, it, there's so kind of these... Sometimes f-
1: there's call and response type things. Like yeah. e- everything has its little place. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a schedule, right? Yeah, schedule. It, that you go through and you move through of, yeah. of all these different things that the church does,
2: yeah. you know? Yeah. Maybe yeah. even somebody like reading a prescribed prayer rather mm-hmm. than, you know, Responsive like an extemporaneous reading, for prayer. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, it feels more probably religious... Traditional, yeah. what I mean by lockdown, ritualistic, and, and not not in a, I mean I think those those can be bad things, but they can also yeah. be good things. Oh, for so, sure, yeah, um, for sure.
1: But it seems to be system led, yeah. Like everything's, yeah. Um, you know, relying on you know clicking along within its. Sure, I would say even, little time frame, even
0: maybe the sacraments, you know, communion and and. um, Baptism might, might hold a higher, you know, church membership might hold a higher view in, in some of those churches than in a, in a seeker-sensitive right. church. kind of feels more rule-driven or more, yeah, you It know, feels exactly. more like a funeral. <laughs> can. Yeah. It feels like, yeah. oh,
2: Christians are miserable people that aren't allowed to smile <laughs> or anything. I remember uh, a few years back, I was uh, in a cohort with some other pastors, and we were just talking about our church services and what they look like, and uh, the guys in the cohort I wouldn't necessarily call them like straight up liturgical, but I, I would say more liturgical than us. Yeah. And, you know, when I shared about, you know, that we have a time during our service where we just opened the mic and it out, these guys were like,
0: you do what?
2: <laughs> like, I like, yeah. can't believe you do that. Inconceivable. Yeah. That, that would not <laughs> exactly fly in a, in
0: a highly litur- liturgical church. So <laughs> yeah. That's right out. Yeah. yeah.
1: That That's the opposite of what a liturgical <laughs> church would do. Yes.
2: Yeah uh what about uh traditional church what what do we mean like there's there's a, in my mind there's a distinction between liturgical and traditional and, and i guess i'm thinking traditional that you know somebody's target audience is maybe the older crowd oh hmm. so traditional like like maybe there's a value of you know like we only sing hymns and older songs and, and no drum no drum set's right out can't do that yeah. um, you know th- things like that so um,
1: you're you're stuck in the past you're al- yeah. you're obviously not um paying attention at all to what the culture is doing or what God's doing in the culture. (laughs) Like you're not paying attention at all to how the world is changing around you. Right. Um, And and that's even for the church, you know, for inside the church. And so you're, you're just stuck in what you've always liked as opposed to what might be better or more effective. Right.
0: Yeah. I would think this kind of maybe falls into the attractional category, because I, I, I what you see some churches doing is they'll have a service that's a traditional service and then a service that's a contemporary service. And so they're yeah. t- kind of trying to be all things to all people in a sense of like, okay, th- these guys want this, so we'll give them what they want. And these guys want this, so we'll give them what they want. Right. And you end up with two different <coughs> churches, really. Um and you've separated the maybe the older crowd
2: from sure. the younger crowd. So, so I have on my list contemporary, and then I have also have blended, which that's what I mean by blended okay. is where you know people are kind of going for both. And so, maybe we can just lump those all together traditional, contemporary, and blended.
0: I don't know if churches are still really doing this, but I know for in the, I know one, in the 90s and the two thousand maybe early 2000s, there was still a lot of the you know you could pick which service you wanted. Right. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah, you could yeah. go to the tr- traditional no, 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 service. No. I mean, that far back, I thought it was a newer thing. Oh, I, there's I've definitely ever, churches still, still doing, doing that. This. Really? I know, oh, yeah. local, uh, <laughs> I know a couple local Oregon
2: that's been doing that for probably yep. since the 90s. I think yep. it's
0: a bad idea, so I, I want it to go well, away. Well, it's a bad I idea guess. for a lot of reasons. Yeah.
1: But I, I don't know if you would call it seeker-sensitive necessarily, maybe in a way. Um, but it's definitely like—
2: Seeker-sensitive to a specific group. It's
1: definitely <laughs> appeasing, right? Um, maybe like appeasing the consumerism. <laughs> That's yeah. within your people. Yeah. So it's not necessarily something that non-believer would care about. You know what I mean? Like come to my church because we got this flavor and this flavor of. But it's the people that are already in your church, right? That are that have um, a desire for something, and you yeah. and you give it to them, even yeah. though it's damaging to the congregation. Yeah, it's not. Well. It's
0: not. It doesn't have the church's best in mind. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. an appeasing It has, appeasing the, it has the individual's best in mind, and yep. and that's that's where we. That, again that's such that's always the struggle we, we wrestle with write that what's down what's best for the church yeah, appeasing what's appeasing no I'm just kidding <laughs> we
2: created another one yeah. Appeasing Sorry, one's no, doxological leaning. Is that, that's
0: the phrase. <laughs> no, I think that's a question that we always with What's best for the church as opposed to what's best for the individual? And I think there's part of us that always wants to try to accommodate everybody's mm-hmm. individual felt needs and, and wants. And well, we want, stuff. Yeah. So so we want to keep Yeah. So if someone has them. a
1: complaint, then you probably ought to take right. care of that complaint. You know. What but I mean?
0: what's best for the church is that all age groups are together. Yep, and yeah. that, that maybe you're this is what the blended service would be is as you've got songs that might maybe an older person would love and maybe a younger person would love and right. maybe it's good to have both of those things yep. you know but what is really again what is it what does God want and what's going to be most pleasing to God is the question that probably should be asked yep. right so. well what are and I'll, I'll back
2: up here in a second because I forgot to ask you this on the liturgical uh, thing but for traditional contemporary blended like what are what are some of the pros and cons about the, that those particular uh, models or ideologies
1: pros. <laughs> on all three of those yeah oh like individually
2: what or as a whatever as a group i don't care
1: uh the con is it kills it kills integrate we already talked about right? well for
0: blended i think there's a pro in that you're i mean that's oh wait is that a deal well, he, he said liturgical oh i thought you well, meant, I said i thought so you meant the churches that have separate and blended separate services
2: well, there, so there are some churches that would do maybe a traditional service and a contemporary service separately, but then there are other churches that maybe try to mix those kind of into one. Into okay, gotcha. Right, um, and so so maybe there's you know some more pros to you know a blended service where oh, you sure. try to kind of span the the age groups. Well, wouldn't it we be a blended service? I th- I think we would. Yeah, okay. I think I think yeah. we try we try yeah. to do
0: that. Okay. So yeah, I think that is a, a I think with the contemporary I guess or the traditional the heart of it is try to get people that, that have something in common together um, and maybe want to be together yeah. and, and I think there are places and times for that in the church um, but but on on Sunday mornings that doesn't make sense to me at all right. so anyway
2: What yeah, about that. that backing up for a second on, uh, for the liturgical you know what, what are some of the pros and cons about that we didn't really kind of skipped over that part I think we did talk, <laughs> Oh we? I thought we did, I I, thought we yeah, did
0: very talk. high view of, yeah. of worship and, 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 and God is kind of the focal point um, but I think well, you know, could be, could be, should could be, could not be too. Yeah. Well, as opposed to like that, you know where where you've got you know <clears throat> what can we do to to appease men and win men and 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 they almost go to the other extreme of like all they're thinking about maybe is they're not necessarily thinking about who's coming in or sure um, they're, they're just you know but the strength would be that it's more I would say worship centric than sure than man centric uh, which is always a good thing but I think you you know recently well there's a
1: reverence to it right like, yeah. Yeah, there can be, I think is maybe the biggest benefit, like Correct. sometimes that's even um, I, I love this. Gosh, this is a whole nother subject. I, lo- I love the way we do things, how they're very accessible and approachable to anybody. Like I, I, I love it and I think there's good biblical reasons for that. But sometimes you, you well miss the component of like maybe reverence to right. what we're doing as we assemble together. As the church before God, on the, and I think they they definitely hit it for a pro. The more liturgical ones, are, tend yeah. to you tend to sit there being like, okay, we're we're participating in something like important right now, right? right. But that
0: then you run the risk though, and that's maybe like the con, <coughs> no of, doubt, of alienating right. any anybody accessible. that comes in from outside. So if an un- un- unbeliever walks in, it's going to be this foreign culture that they can't. That well, they're going to be like, what does this mean to me? Point, you know, right. you know what yeah. I mean?
1: And then a lot of a lot of that stuff can become very um, commonplace too. Right, so like the the more you do the vain repetitions and and the religiosity, you know, going through the motions, a lot of times it it loses its its value. um, To to where if that's if that's not there and it's more of a loose service, again, you're you're kind of moving and adjusting, and things look a little different every time you do it, and sometimes it it keeps it can make it more meaningful. So
0: I don't know. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I would say the extremes to kind of consider is if you only have the outsider in mind you've got a problem and that's sure. kind of the seeker or model bell. and if you've only got the insider in mind um, that's a problem too sure. You know, and, and trying to find strike a balance to where you're you're doing a little bit of both uh, at least being aware of the fact that what if a non-believer comes in what are they going to experience what are they going to see how are they going to feel right. um, and and then also not just cater it to them and forget about the you know the Christians <laughs> in, the, sure. in the room too they're important
1: well the reason like Paul tells the Corinthians not to speak in tongues yeah. is because they're going to come in and they're going to they're going to hear something and see something that doesn't benefit them. Like they're not going to understand what's going on. And I think we can do that sometimes in our liturgical, you know, um, I don't know, um, you know, just things that we go through, you know. Um, if, If it's just something that we do constantly for the church, like the church may understand it, but it may be one of those things that an outsider comes in and doesn't understand what they're, seeing and hearing right and I know Paul <clears throat> was talking about tongues but I think you can you can maybe draw like <clears throat> some parallels to other to other ways that we're like cutting off an opportunity right right
2: so, so I'll jump ahead we will come back to the list in a minute one of the questions I had later on down is is who should the church service cater to hmm. and so we've already kind of started talking about that is, is it something where we need to think 50-50 insider and outsider believer non-believer or you know, should the church service kind of cater maybe more one way than the other? Cater to the the church. The church is
1: <laughs> believers, right? So well, the church gathers for believers. However, yeah, the believers are here on earth to Forward help build the church, right? <laughs> right. It's not. It's not like the church is built. Like, let's stop. It, we're constantly. Right. We're here to constantly build the church. We're called out to call out, and so we should be mindful of that in every aspect of our lives as believers and as the church, Um, which again is why Paul even has a word to the church in Corinth, like outsiders are going to come in, like you should want this and expect this and be mindful of this. But the
0: gathering is for the church. Right? But here's the issue with, I agree with that, but the issue is that it's for the invisible church. And when we gather on <coughs> Sunday mornings, there are believers in our midst yep. and there are unbelievers in our midst. And yep. that is unfortunately true of every church and the, oh, and, no, no. and they may not know the difference, you know, right. the people that are sitting there, we don't always know. And so, sure. so we, are we there for the believer? Absolutely. But we always have to be aware that there are unbelievers in our midst, yep. e- yeah. even if, you know. Yeah. you you don't know how to identify them per se. I mean, if it's a new person walking in and they say, Hey, I'm an unbeliever, that's pretty, pretty straightforward. Right. But what are we, how are we talking? What are the words we're using? Um, you know, do they understand what we're doing when we have communion? There's, there's things like that, that we probably should just be mindful of. Yeah. And and I I think oftentimes we we get into that mode where this is, these are all Christians and we don't have to worry about thinking about, you know, somebody who might not. Right.
2: Yeah. So maybe using the word or the phrase cater to isn't a good phrase. Um, maybe it's more about you know accessibility, you know something you know that's meaningful to the believer and something that's accessible for the unbeliever that they can at least have some kind of understanding or sense of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. That even came up in the music recently, where we were talking to somebody that you know some of the hymn language people don't even Christians sometimes don't even know what what we're singing about, you know, and and that can be
2: raise your yeah. Ebenezer, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. it Can be kind of kind of weird, so trying to do a good <clears throat> job of making sure people understand what's going on is helpful.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um so this one my one of these things isn't like the others. Um Cowboy Church. I know of a local you know, here in Central Oregon, a local cowboy church, and you know they, um, from what I can gather, like their attendance is high, and you know they seem to be, you know, drawing a crowd. I, I know very little about them, so I don't, I'm trying not to bag on them because I don't really know much about them at all. Um, but you know, they've kind of decidedly said, you know, we're, we're the cowboy church. What, what do you think about something like that? There's a, there's
0: a one in town that's a biker church too. I guess I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily. I think if you were like a parachurch organization that has a ministry towards cowboys or to, towards bikers, I think is, is kind of a cool idea. Um, but a Sunday service where you have to be a cowboy or you can't come or a biker, you can't come, <laughs> I don't know. And I don't think that's what they would say, but it kind right. of feels that way.
2: But if you're not that it would be awkward to walk into something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's,
1: there's another reason to feel like an outsider automatically. Right. (laughs) Like if you're like, there's another way that you might be an outsider Yeah. and we don't need that obstacle. We don't need another obstacle. Like we, we need a place that we can all access because we're sinners. And yet like God does do different things in different ways, in different places at different times. And so like, I know the church you're talking about, I know a couple of the people that go there and, Um, personally, and and, um, uh, it's in all fairness, it's in a ranching community, right? right? So the majority of like the people that live in that community where that church is happen to be ranchers. In fact, I think this is one of the reasons it kind of started. I don't think someone went, oh, I'm going to start a cowboy church, but a lot of these guys were working heavy on Sundays because of the nature of their business and when things get done and cattle gets moved and all this stuff, where Mondays are normally the rancher's day off. And so a lot of it was just to meet on Mondays, right. uh, which allowed these people with their line of work and their lifestyle to be able to actually go to church and worship yeah. on Monday because they couldn't do so it on Sunday. So brought some accessibility. Yeah. And now, and now, I mean, one of their ministries is, is that they, they collectively take their beef and pool it together right. yeah, and distribute and it to poor people meat. in the community yeah, because it's one of those
0: things that God is. And so like we do that too. Every time I have a beef, I let, I make sure everybody knows about it. <laughs> That's not what you're talking about? Just no. right.
2: I, I saw the I can't remember what the number was, but I saw the other day how like the uh, amount of beef that they distributed in twenty twenty two, and I can't remember what it was, but it yeah. was it was a high isn't it, yeah, it it's it not, not just a local
0: thing, it's a it's a denomination that gets, it's all over the place. aren't the cowboy churches everywhere? Well, this particular one I
2: think belongs to a well-known denomination that isn't yeah, necessarily.
0: Is a, oh, I thought this was. A, I thought but, this was like a world. A, a I don't think States it's a strategy. strategy. So this is yeah. where
2: I would maybe
1: draw the line. Of, the difference is yeah. in why you're doing it. So, it, so if someone said, "I'm going to go start a church and make it a cowboy church because I like cowboys and I want to surround myself with Christian cowboys," I think that's dumb. Um, <laughs> like you know, it's, that's just dumb. Like yeah. it's unjustified. But I think if someone's saying, um, "There's a church that we're planning in this community." And this is what the needs of this community right. are for the believers and the non-believers.
2: That's fair game. Sure,
1: yeah, I I that's agree smart. That. Okay,
2: yeah, absolutely. Well, and
1: and so I whether it's bikers or whatever, you can take that across other lines. I think it depends on the motive, like yeah. why, why you're building it that way. I, I would yeah, guess their, argue,
0: their argument would be that we're creating a church that you know most. Most people, a cowboy type person would never, you know, walk into a normal church and we we provide an access point for them to come to Christ. Yeah, maybe yeah. they're trying so, to be missional. So they're too. not looking at I think it's a missional opportunity, yeah, hopefully. Right. And so, I wouldn't and that, walk in there. Well, I don't think they I don't think they would want you to. I don't you know? think they would want me to. <laughs> the whole church would just stop and look at you yeah. and then wait for you to leave. <laughs> That's awesome. I'd wear my Crocs in there and they'd be You'd be right out. out Run me out on a rail. It might uh, discipline you right
2: there on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) What about, uh, we've already talked a little bit about multi-service, but kind of uh, setting aside, you know, the the style, just the idea of a church having, you know, multiple services, um, you know, as a strategy. Um, I'm sure we've got some thoughts about that.
1: Well, if your intention is to build multiple
2: churches, then yeah,
1: have fun. But, but if you're just in the same place. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> what it, what yeah. it's doing. So, yeah. Again, yeah. like just. Pfft. Right.
0: I think it's, I mean, I don't think it's a strategy as much as, as much as a practical thing that arises where, you know, we, we filled the sanctuary and so, you know, we can either try to, you know, build a bigger sanctuary or we can go to two services or we could try to plant, you know, ourselves right. someplace else and, and, and distribute, you know, get, get wider and not just taller, but. Yeah, in in general, but that's the strategy, right? Right. Yeah. it's, it's, it's an overarching strategy. strategy is to keep, get big. Yeah, keep growing up. Yeah. So, yeah. but it, it effectively kingdom. creates a second church, even if you don't intend it to oh, be. Right. And, and generally, you you end up with this bigger machine to feed. You've got now you have to have child care for both services. You have to have worship for both yeah. services. Volunteers for and both so you're services. you're running yeah. your yeah. volunteers ragged. Um, and again, it's it's it, I, we would we've worked hard to never go to two services for that very reason.
2: So. right. and I think if if we were ever faced with you know having to decide to go up or out, I think for us it's a pretty easy decision.
0: We've done that twice now where we've the strategy was we're we're kind of filling up and so let's, you know, trying to try to move out and one of them worked and one of them didn't so (laughs) 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 guess which one worked Chad? yeah (laughs)
2: Yeah. um i think of a of a pastor that we know um years ago uh in talking with him their strategy up in portland was you know um every time we grow to 300 people we're going to send 100 people out to a different part of portland and Mm -hmm. i just loved that strategy so Mm -hmm. much Mm -hmm. and in talking with this guy the question was you know what do you think would be more effective one church of 2000 or 10 churches of 200 no kind doubt. of more strategically placed you know, throughout the metro area. Easily. Um, and I just loved that, that way of
0: thinking. It depends on what your goal is. Cause again, if your goal is you know smaller is by far easier to manage. Um, there's more intimacy, there's more accountability, yeah. there's all those things. But the bottom line is a lot of people don't want anything to do with that. Right. So, so the large church is exactly what they want. Cause they can slip in and out, uh, get, get a great show, get the great yeah. bennies, you know, great kids programs, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah.
1: but from the yeah. inside out, from the church looking out, the two the two hundred is way better. If you, if you're a yeah. missional church, right. if that's what the goal of the church is, if that's the DNA,
2: everyone's bought into it, right? It's not. It's not even a contest. Yeah, and that, that's a good fun. segue. So the last one on my list is the missional model. Mm-hmm. And what what do we mean when we say that a church is missional?
1: I think it's just having our priorities right as far as why the church exists. If you can ask answer that question, then I think. You can't not be a missional church. Like, right. <laughs> right? <clears throat> like, why are we here? We're not here. The church isn't here to just sing songs together and, on Sundays and stuff like that. We do those things, but we're here, we're here to, to, to again, build the church. We're going all the way back to where we started. The church is here right. to build the church. We're on mission with God in building this thing that we have now become a part of so that other people can now become a part of it. So, and and if you know that, if that's your purpose, then... Your missional church.
2: Yeah,
0: I would say it's, it's kind of tricky because I think the attractional model, seeker sensitive would say they're being missional because they're trying to get non-believers to come into their church. Oh, sure. um, the problem is that we're, we're at a point now where we're not attractive anymore, I guess is how I would say it to most people. You know, there was a time in, in, in America where the Christian church was probably fairly attractive. Um, and so you could attract people, Yeah. you know, and now uh, that's kind of going away. And so the idea that we're going to be able to attract people in by you know because we've got a good band or whatever it is, that's probably not a realistic idea anymore. Um, so now that that idea of mission probably isn't going to work. So so how do we pivot and you know adjust? And so the idea now that we would gather and then scatter, um, you could still invite people to church. I mean, that's still fair game, but it's really the idea that like we enter most of our services, you know, you're about to enter the mission field now. Um, you know keep in mind that yeah that this is where you're headed you know next is is you know
2: anyway i think maybe maybe a distinction between seeker friendly and missional would be at least in my mind seeker friendly would be more kind of driven by consumerism and, and people's felt needs right. and those kinds of things w- within within w- the church w- yeah within yeah. the walls and maybe even with, with you know, <coughs> noble motives of wanting you know to grow the church and, and draw people into it but I think when we talk about a missional church it would be more like like the gospel is the thing that that attracts people with the understanding like it's probably not going to draw the masses you know or the crowds. But this is God's prescription for the church. And so, as a missional church, we're going to stick to God's.
0: Prescription. so jared wilson wrote a book called the gospel driven church and and that that aspect of a missional church i would get behind yeah. 100% but i think every church thinks they're missional right <laughs> and they, i mean the seeker friendly church would say they have a mission yeah um, problem is uh, probably not a lot of people are getting saved in fact the, the stats pointed to that when they actually evaluated the history of the the seeker sensitive movement they found that not not a lot of people were actually coming to christ and yeah. and being saved so you know uh, but but a gospel driven church which is I hope what we are, um, okay. you know, you hopefully you're seeing people hear the gospel every right. week and get well, saved. But, pe-
1: but we're doing things that people could say, oh, you're, you know, you're doing the attractional thing, like by, by the color paint that we put on the walls right. or what, how, how we, you know, decorate or don't decorate. We see those as not, if people do walk in, not putting some unnecessary silly obstacle in front of them right. that causes them to not come back or to not hear the gospel while they're here. So it's almost, but it's almost the opposite of what other churches are doing. We're actually trying to strip everything down. We're actually trying to like (laughs) clean house and minimalize everything, but we are doing it for the non-believer coming in so that there's no obstacle. But once they get in, it it is all Christ centered, right? But the missional church, I mean, it's the missional church is going to be, um, outward as well. So, so, so it's simply going to be Christ centered in everything we do inside the church. And when we leave the church building.
0: Well, hopefully, like you just said, we take aspects of each one of these things and figure out what what's the best part of this that we can implement. What's the right. best part of that we can implement and, and try to come up with something. And the cool thing is we, we, we do see people in our congregations that, that are kind of from each of these walks of life. You know, we see people that are really, you know, maybe more liturgical. We see more that are used to like a Calvary Chapel kind of thing. And, and somehow we've all come together. and we are And because Christ is the focus and not yeah. necessarily all these other things kind of works. We are a yeah. junk drawer yeah, <laughs> of,
1: of believers, and even the people that, that come in and stay are kind of a junk drawer of um, <laughs> just where they come from. So I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah. 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 Junk yeah. Drawer, it's
0: junk, junk it's, drawer it's a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> it's true.
2: Are, are there cons to being a missional church? I, I sure
0: hope not. It, it's, it's funny because <laughs> pe- 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 people define it differently, and so um, it could be the idea of gather and scatter, um, could mean that, you know, you're, you're locked down, you're insular, you know, you're, you're, you're not, you know, Sunday mornings are only for believers. And then, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's a con or not, cause I don't think that's what we're doing, but I guess that could yeah. be considered a, a knock on the missional church. Sure. I guess
2: at the end of the day, and we've just said this a minute ago, one of you guys said it, like every church has a mission and every church is missional. I guess yeah. kind of the big question is what's the mission? Right. right, and so if our if our mission is you know Christ centered, gospel centered, um, you know then there I, I can't think of any
1: cons. I, no, I can't either. Yeah, like if our point is to win people to Christ, which is my definition of missional, <laughs> right, then yeah, where where's <laughs> the con? I, I don't know. That's that's what every church should be wanting, desiring to win people to Christ.
0: Right. Well, and and then understanding that what worked twenty years ago may not work today. And so kind kind of always
1: Well that's that's just
0: it. It takes yeah. care of itself. If you're constantly yeah. wanting to learn
1: win people to Christ, that that will automatically follow the right. other. You will pay attention to strategies, yeah. strategies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And um, <laughs> you know, what what's effective, what's not, what's what's dated, what might be helpful. Because God does give us that freedom within the church to move with culture. Right. Not to move from this, but to, you know, use whatever um to do what we're doing, not yeah. whatever. You know you know what I mean. I'm going to stop
2: <laughs> Make sure Well, I that, get that's, myself in trouble. <laughs> that's why, um,
0: you know, we were talking last week about different ways to maybe attract millennials and Gen Zers. And, um, what, you know, some of the ideas that I was hearing was what if we had, a, a you know, a sewing class or a baking class or a, an oil changing class or something like that. And that class is maybe the wrong term, but a day where we invited people from the public to come and learn something like this to where you're actually trying to find a way to engage community, engage culture in a way that is practical for them with the end goal of hoping that they'll come hear about Christ mm-hmm. and be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of neat inroads. Yeah. Right. You know, what do we, how can we kind of work our way into the community in a practical, loving way that's not harsh or judgmental or maybe, right. you know. That's that's the key is is getting your people to buy in.
1: You know, yeah. a missional church isn't going to be two or three people that are, right. are, are Absolutely convicted to be missional. Yeah. It's going to be when, when a local church buys in. That's a great point. And most people are leaving and then um, doing, doing those things that will um, create mission. So um, you can create things at the church and bring people in, which is fine. But go, going out is always a I mean, go, going to where they are on, right. on their terms and on their turf, <clears throat> is um, there's something about that that's maybe even more effective. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So like we're, we're talking about the bowling alley finally got bought again. Down yeah. in
0: Lapine, by a pro.
1: We're gonna um, yeah. so so once once they reestablish that and get their get their feet under them, we're gonna we're gonna do that again. Where we have a yeah. night, have a bowling night for for the Lapine crew down there, and say, hey, we're gonna show up at the bowling alley at six o'clock on Tuesday nights. You know, we we did that for a while, and it was rad. And you're just going to their territory and their turf, and you're meeting people and shaking hands and taking yeah. names and learning. You know, <laughs> re- dude, bro.
0: <laughs> Just You didn't say kicking butt You're button, kicking butt and taking hands. taking hands, you know, <laughs> <laughs> for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's all I could think of,
0: sorry. Just it's right there. I, I but it's a buy-in thing. It is.
2: And I think about, you know, years ago, like when I first moved down to Lapine— um, you know, there's an RV park right across the street from the building and not, not a vacation RV park, but, you know, broken down RVs, you know, people live there and you know, RVs that need to be towed and, um, that kind of a thing. And so, you know, there seemed to be a heart among the people to reach out to our neighbors across the street. And so we attempted, I think three or four different times of barbecue in our parking lot. You know, we just fire up the grill and invite the neighbors over and, and almost nobody came. And mm. one day we thought, what if we wheeled the barbecue across the street? Mm. I mean, it's only, you know, 50 feet. Right. But the day that we wheeled the barbecue across the street, all of a sudden people are coming out of their trailers and like, what are you guys doing over here? And, you know, we were able to engage with people. Just that simple act of walking they across the They weren't coming the out with shotguns? No. Okay. I mean, there were, there were some leery looks and people were, you know, kind of skeptical of what was going on, but, yeah. but but they came out, right? They didn't come across the street. You know, we went across the street and that made all the difference in the world of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, us kind of going that's on. That's the difference between turf.
0: attractional and missional. Yep. Is right. That's a great, a great example. Yep. Even what we're doing right now with the school, yep. you know, where you've got, the, you know, the Hoffs and some other families now are, are, are jumping in to go across the street to, to express some kind of. Just genuine mm-hmm. kindness and love on behalf of, you know, with, with you know, Christ is kind of like the impetus yeah. and they know that. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, a
2: couple questions uh, kind of in light of, of all of this. Um, why is it there just one style of church that everybody agrees upon? Because
0: the rest. Wah,
2: wah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what I, were you saying,
0: Brent? I, I was going to be a smart aleck and say, because everybody else is stupid and wrong. <laughs> 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 I'm, <just> kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I don't know. Everybody's individual and, and different, and you know, I, I, it's, it's just kind of a hard thing. What what yeah. one person desires and relates to, you know, we even see that here. If people come to the door, and it's just not the church for them, and then they'll go down the street and find a you know another gospel center church, and they love it. So, yeah. I, I really don't understand how it all works exactly. But uh, I think
1: one one reason is what we're doing today is um, everybody will have a different emphasis when they read this and they look yeah. at the church. They'll have a different emphasis of what the church should be about. And I think that right there, like the reality of that has given us a ton of flavors of church, a ton of different kinds of churches because sure. we kind of look at and then hold up as the highest thing, different things. We don't all hold the same thing, you know, in first place, right. which should be missional. <laughs> but, but, um, and then the other part in, in my opinion is that we're all wired different. You kind of alluded to this, like we're all, we all have different giftings and, and um just different passions you know what i mean like different focuses and affinities and so when you get a leader in that's that way there's that that that's right. going to i don't know it's it's going to color everything you know that that comes out of that local work you know what I mean? So, so,
0: would it be a benefit if maybe you had more than one pastor at a church? So, uh, so I wouldn't that, go that far. So, that no, if it, you it, just, it, 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 it <laughs> just talking extreme just, here, this I, is I extremism. would go that far. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Yeah, you're right. That does flavor the whole. The, the heck whole you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny because you'll have some churches that are really um, excited about maybe the gifts yeah. and and, um, and serving and, and exactly. social things. And you'll have one that's got a really high view of God's word and and, it, and it's, that's doctrine and, yep. and soundness is, yep. is really important. And if you can find a way to, to merge the these yep. things yep. Right. so that you get the best of all of yep. it, that's, what's wonderful. And, and I hope that's what, that's what we've, you know, kind of have strived to do. Well over again, years. I think that's yeah. why we're a
1: junk drawer. Like, yeah. it, like that's I think a testament to like that it is working Yeah, um, because we do have charismatics and then we do have people that are, Maybe more liturgical where they came yeah. from. We kind of have everything that's coming together, and we're okay together. And and people even like that we're together with people that aren't right. like us. But so. it's
0: because we've made the main thing Christ, right? and not these, not these other things. Agreed. But I, but I do I think
1: hope. that's part of the reason why we have so many churches is, is because there's so many there's so many expressions out there. And we just, it's human nature to lump with our kind. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so an elbow, someone that God's made an elbow is like, where's the rest of the elbows? You know what I mean? That's where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> so we can, yep. we can like, all the body parts are
2: like, you know what I mean? Anyway, we're not very diverse yeah. locally because of that. Well, I think it's a false dichotomy to say that you've got to kind of pick one or the other. You know, pick this style or that style and, you know. It, that's just it's a dichotomy that doesn't need to exist. Right. You know I think there as we've talked about pros and cons of all of these I think that lends itself to saying like there's you know you can blend styles if you will you know for lack of a better thing to call it and a church doesn't have to like pigeonhole themselves mm-hmm. into you know a biker church or a cowboy church or a seeker sensitive mm-hmm. church or you know whatever it is. Right. What what about over time should, should the style of a church or its strategy should it change over mm-hmm. time? Strategy. <laughs>
1: Depends on what we're talking about here, Chad. Well, unpack that. We're talking about putting big decals up on walls, or <laughs> what, are we, what, are we talk, what
2: are we talking we, we about? We did talk about that earlier before the podcast. I don't know, Brent. Speak to this one.
0: <laughs> I think we just always have to be mindful of, of what our culture is like, you know, and, and and what the church is like, you know. And so there was a time when when the church was absolutely in the center of our culture, yeah. And and so we we kind of operated with that understanding. And and now we're no longer there. Now we're we're out in the margins, whether we realize it or not. So we have to think differently. We have to, we, you know, it changes our strategy. It changes the way we think about kind of everything. Um, and, and I think it's going to continue to be more and more of that. So, so if, if we're truly missionaries, we're walking into a foreign culture and we're looking around at this culture and we're finding out how can we make inroads here? Um, you know, what's the best strategy that we can use? And so we're always, you always have to think about that. You can't just be locked into this is where we've always done it. Right. So we're always going to do it. It's worked, you know, if it right. worked then back then, it work today. the traditional church comes from. Correct. Is it develops over time. And, and that's a church that will probably become irrelevant and die. Right. Not because the gospels irrelevant, but because right. they just, you know,
1: there was a time when fake plants were acceptable <laughs> on stages. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As an example, so <laughs> that's a great so, example. So yeah, we need to have our eyes open and just pay attention to what's going on around yeah. us. You know, well that's I mean, bulletins that's, have become like that too, right? Like that's I mean part of technology, but you still see churches even today holding onto the bulletin thing, right? And by golly, don't you ever even think about getting rid of that bulletin. It's you know what I mean? It's one of my favorite
2: things that we don't do a bulletin. And we don't, we don't <laughs> need to do it
1: because there's so many other ways to to do the same, to communicate what you need to say. Sure. Yeah. And so, like, it, a lot of that's just – and, and a lot of people will walk in and look at that and be like, like, it's like, a you know, stepping into a time machine. Yeah. It's like, what am I in this, 80s right now? Like, what are we doing, you know? So, I don't know.
2: So, here's a bonus question that wasn't on my list that I just kind of thought of as you were talking to know, you know you guys can speak to this because you've been part of the door since the beginning. And I haven't, what, what are, what are some of the ways that the door has changed its strategic kind of from day one compared to now? Oh gosh. You
1: or, are, have, or are there, you should have changed? asked me this one yesterday. So I could have thought about it a little <laughs> bit.
0: I, I think, and I don't know. I'm sure I'm sure there's people have said the door has changed and we, and we know that there's, you know, a church is a living organism. It's always going to change. People come in and you know people leave, and so so a lot's changed as far as our strategy goes. Though, I don't, I don't feel like it's changed a lot. I, I mean, agree. I feel like I feel like the the mission that we started with and the idea that we started with. Um, there's some things that I think we had we had ideals and you know things that we thought were going to be a certain way, and we've you know we've we budged and changed a little yeah. bit here and there. We've grown up um, a lot. We have grown up a lot, but I don't think our our, our strategy as far as being Christ centered um has really changed. I don't I don't I hope it never does. Right. Yeah. Because really at the end of the day and this is one of the things that came out in Jared Wilson's book, um Christ is the most attractive thing we have going for us. And that will that will always be the most attractive thing we right. have going yeah. for us is if we can if we can put Christ on display, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's either going to win somebody or it's not, but yeah. that's that's it, you know. Yeah. And, and we and, and we
1: did start that way and yeah. we and we do continue to this day that way. where yeah. Christ is everything we have. Yeah. Like, we just shut off the lights if he ceases to be everything. But there there's like little dynamics that I think people mistake as like, Oh, this is different. You know, I would, I totally agree with Brent, like the heart of the door, like this still feels the feeling when you come in here and you experience a worship service and you experience the people in here. And just for lack of a better term, the vibe that goes on here is the same as it was on day one. Like it's, it's legit. Like, and, and it's, 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 the reality of Christ, but a lot of people look at the group that we started with, you know, and it it was a group of Cowboys, man, like, like I, I would say half, like within the first year you know first two years of the door like half the congregation were non-believers probably and most of those people probably thought they were believers and so it 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 was like the wild west and and people are fond of that i'm even fond of that sometimes like gosh those those were great but um it it wasn't necessarily benefiting anybody you know what i mean (laughs) we we hoped it would (laughs) we hoped that everybody was being saved and being transformed just to find out though a couple years later that most of them go out from you because they are not of you. Like they never had something, but that's, that's the thing that I think a lot of people that were here in the beginning that say that, that say like, Oh, the doors changed. Well, yeah, it has. Like everything changes, everything evolves, everything shifts, everything grows, everything matures, but the heart of the door has not that, that thing that has always been special here.
2: Right. Hasn't changed at all. I think maybe, again, to make a distinction between, you know, seeker-friendly and missional, like seeker-friendly is a moving target. (coughs) It's constantly changing how how you appeal to people's consumerism. Mm -hmm. Um, But missional, as we've defined it, you know, Christ-centered, gospel-centered, that's a fixed target. That's fixed. And and as a result, I mean, we might change, you know, some of our methods as time goes on, but the fixed target is Christ-centered, gospel-centered, and that, that never changes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Well, any closing thoughts on... Church strategy. Mm-hmm. Strategy. Mm-hmm. Pastrami. <laughs>
1: Dave is out. Yep. <laughs> I woke up at four thirty, so, so yeah. you're you Well, <laughs> that's not an excuse. The other weeks, you know, because I'm kind of loopy every week, but I'm extra <laughs> loopy
2: today. So I'm trying to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> no, you're doing good. Thank you. <laughs> no final thoughts. All right, what, what one of you fellows want to pray for us. Uh, what
1: do you guys think of dog church? Dog, oh, dog! My I wife has line. talk about strategy. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, you want you want to grow a church really big in Central Oregon? Open dog church where people yeah. can bring their their dogs, man.
2: And I, I don't think there is one of those that I know of.
1: Would that be okay or not? A, is that crossing a line? I would not go. <laughs> can to the, dogs get saved?
0: I would not go don't, to the church of dog. Don't all dogs <laughs> go to heaven? <laughs> can they take communion? <laughs> All I'm thinking Sorry. about is the hair and the liability. I'm out. And the no. barking. Don't, yeah. don't, don't even mention fleas yet no. or anything.
2: Nope. Okay, bad idea then. Yeah. All right, that's a good one to end All on. All right, Brent, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Thanks, thanks
0: for teeing me up. <laughs> <laughs> Father, thank you that uh, – uh, your, your church is such a beautiful thing. Um, we love it. Uh, we thank you that we get to be a part of of leading this one. Lord, we continue to ask that you would um, be the one who's in, in, in the lead and that we're just kind of a, a few steps behind um, being pliable and, and kind of um, able to pivot where you want us to. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you continue to grow both locations, continue to bring people um, to us that will benefit the mission and continue to bring people to us that need to hear uh, the words of life that would save them. And so we just ask your blessing upon us and and thank you, Father, for your faithfulness to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.